Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Am for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, this is Coach Freddie, and I'm here in Asheville, and I'm having a conversation with Rod Kite. He's a, an attorney in Asheville, North Carolina, and it's called Kite Law, and he deals with the cannabis industry. How you doing there, Rod? I'm doing great, Coach. How are you doing? Ah, uh, fantastic. I love your shirt, by the way. He's um, wearing a hemp hustler shirt right now. It's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to, you know, come here doing that. So uh, tell us a little bit about your business. You and I met a few years ago right. at a couple of events, and... Uh, so tell us how you got started um, um, as an attorney and then kind of transferred over to cannabis. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am uh, my business is that I'm an attorney and I represent businesses in the cannabis industry. I've been a practicing attorney for about two decades, almost exactly 20 years. So that'll actually be next year. And for the start of my practice, I literally did every area of law that you can imagine. I just wanted to figure out what my niche was and, and plus I went out pretty early on, on my own and started my own business and you gotta pay the bills some way. So I've done everything from criminal defense to tax cases to personal injury to bankruptcies and so on and so forth. Um, for a lot of my career I was a bankruptcy specialist Okay. and I represented individuals who needed a lot of help and also um, businesses that needed to reorganize their their um, their, their debt structuring and, and I think the combination of those two things helped me you know, with dealing with people um, because a lot of my businesses now are, are small businesses closely held and so I deal directly with people who's you know it's their baby it's their business yep um, on the other hand the, the bankruptcy restructuring is highly technical it has to do with a lot of ins and outs of business practice and business law so I, I learned and cut my teeth you know for years doing that type of thing as far as why I, I do what I do now I've always been a believer in um, in the cannabis plant more just from a sort of principled standpoint than anything. But when I had uh, cancer, I had testicular cancer about, when was that, 2009. So gosh, going on about 10 years now. Had testicular cancer and I went through chemotherapy treatments. Okay. And at some point during those treatments, I, I used um, cannabis and was actually pretty stunned at how effective it was. I, I didn't think it would be effective. I just thought, well, this whole medical cannabis thing is just a Trojan horse, which is fine with me because I want. I think it should be legal anyway. But I never really had a, um, really a deep belief in the medical benefits, and that really changed me. And the, the question at that point became, you know, so what do I do with this? And at the time, it was before um, the cannabis industry was anywhere like it is now. This yeah. is several years ago, and so I, I signed up to be a normal advocate, um, National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, great organization, and but I'm just not a criminal defense lawyer, so there's not a whole lot I could do, and finally I realized that, that maybe we could do something on the business side of things um, as things developed, and when I decided that I wanted to do um, 
cannabis business law, I thought I would get what we call a horn book. And a horn book is just a sort of a, a legal primer, and there's horn books for all sorts of areas of law. And I thought I'd read up on that and take a few cases. Well, there aren't any horn books out there. I, I think even to this day there aren't. And so I thought, well, oh my gosh, um, this, this kind of presents you know an obstacle and an opportunity. I went online and started just kind of pulling from whatever resources I could. There were some blogs, there were some you know, court cases and, you know, from all different areas. There's a tax case here. There was, of course, the Cole memo and, um, <clears throat> and so on and so forth. So I, I pulled that together, and then I had published some books and writings on bankruptcy law for a legal publisher, and I pitched a book on, on cannabis law, business law, to mm-hmm. them, and they bit. And so I wrote a book that was published in 2015, okay. started a blog, the Kytone Cannabis blog, where I write about cannabis issues. And right now it's um, significantly devoted to hemp and CBD. That's where a lot of our practice is at the moment. And But it deals with all sorts of cannabis issues. And started taking on cases. And that's been, you know, now this is pretty much all we do all day, every day, seven days a week. I think it's, the industry is growing so fast. We're busy from, from dusk to dawn. So um, that's sort of a summary of, of how I got to where I am. And I, I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, so uh, I know you know a lot of farmers as well as people in business. Uh, have you dealt with any farmers? Uh, I imagine you have. Oh, sure. Yeah, we have farmers. Farm. Everyone in the industry has their own special needs and niche. And, and for farmers, you know, they're out there on the front lines. You know, they're taking. Everyone's taking their risks and, and calculating accordingly. But you know, they're the ones that that are, are are buying the seed, buying the clones, planting them, hoping the weather works out, hoping there's a buyer at the end, trying to coordinate all that. You know, there, there's there's not a lot of the, the same protections for soybeans or corn as there are for, or, or not a lot of protections for hemp as there are with some other crops. You know, crop insurance is difficult. Right. And so, yeah, so I, I really have, have farmer clients and I really respect them and appreciate them. Yeah, and so uh, have you gone to court or, uh, uh, with people that uh, had their crops uh, taken from them? I have not, fortunately, knock on wood, I have not had any clients who's who've had their crops seized or, or taken from them. Uh, it's funny that you mention that though. There's a there's a case in, in California. This is not an industrial hemp case, it's an imported hemp case, but but apparently the, the DEA or some federal agency seized, maybe it was customs, I haven't gotten too far into the case yet, but seized some um, some plant material from overseas and and there's a lawsuit, so I'm, I'm about to, to dig into that a little bit. But no, fortunately, my clients, again, knock on, knock on the proverbial wood, yeah. have not had their, their plants seized. And, and I think that's largely due to, to, to the education that we're trying to put out there and that some of my clients and, are putting out there, too, for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you do a lot of uh, contracts with people that want to invest with uh, with people already in the business. I do. I would say that the two main things that, that we find ourselves doing at the moment, um, and I say at the moment because the industry is evolving, and, and, oh, yes. and but are um, legal opinion letters. So that's where, where um, a client is getting involved or is already involved in the hemp or CBD industry, and they're you know either talking with investors uh, who want to invest but need some legal, um, you know, assurances that what the client's doing is, is lawful or maybe they want to have it in their back pocket in case law enforcement comes knocking or or maybe they have a product that they want to have distributed through a particular distributor and that distributor needs some assurances in any event so we do some legal opinion letters the other thing we do is what you're talking about is is we do a lot of negotiating and drafting and vetting contracts again this is a mm-hmm. full-blown industry you and I were just talking about how how you um, were involved in business in California and selling right. businesses and 
and you know the cannabis industry is not just one thing it's it's like the the auto industry or, or what you know it ha- it's from you know from from the rubber to the tires all the way to the to the branding and the commercials and the dealerships and the distributor it's a full-blown industry and so as all those um, networks are are connecting connecting the farmers to the processors and the buyers the the processors to the manufacturers the retailers to the processors the you know all these different connections yes. are being made and there's all sorts of different types of contracts and you know I think that Sometimes people think about how how boring it must be to read contracts. I think it's fascinating, you know, particularly <laughs> creating them because you have to sort of anticipate all the all the issues that might arise. And in a new industry like that, that that can be a real creative process. So anyway, that's a long answer to your question. You know, ask a lawyer a question and he'll talk forever. <laughs> but we do a lot of contracts and and helping clients to sort of navigate this new industry. Yeah. So what do you see in the hemp side of it? The the industrial hemp. Do you see any particular uh, issues that uh, need to be addressed more than others um, in business? Hmm, that's a great idea, a uh, great uh, question. I would say the one that springs to mind, and I sort of touched on this at the Hemp Hootenanny where you got up and played with my with my yep. band, yeah. but I, I spoke briefly on the state of the hemp um, industry, and one of the things that I see happening is that you know licenses are given by a state agency, usually an industrial hemp commission, as in North Carolina. Uh, states do it differently, um, but there is also always a license that's given to a cultivator. And what I find is that sometimes people are working with a cultivator, with a farmer who are not licensed, and that's not that's okay under most state laws. There are ways to do that. <clears throat> So that you're working essentially underneath that license as a subcontractor or as an employee or, or something like that. But what I'm finding is that people are are growing hemp without a license. And they may have some sort of casual or even sort of formal relationship with a licensed cultivator. Maybe to grow for them or they're going to grow a crop together and split it 50-50 or whatever it is they're going to do. But without a license and without any sort of formal uh, contracts and what I tell those people is you know if, if you don't have a license and you're growing um, hemp you know under state law and under federal law you're growing unlawful marijuana and so that you know that sounds dramatic but that's the truth is that you know we you know we're under a particular place in time and history where um, where cannabis and particularly in, in this industry the hemp industry is under a lot of regulations and you got to comply with them or else the, or else you're outside of them and you're you're acting unlawfully so that's the one thing that I would say is, is make sure you have a license or if you're working with someone with a license make sure you've talked with a lawyer to, to make sure that make sure it's all all everything's together okay right? yeah so now you help people actually incorporate also in sure. their business yeah, that's um, you know we create um, incorporated entities like an Inc or limited liability companies, which are LLCs, mm-hmm. and we do that. I think you know any lawyer in any industry is probably ninety-seven percent of the time going to say if you're going to do business, it's better to do it as some sort of incorporated entity rather than a sole proprietor or or as a default de facto partnership, just because you're working with people. That way, you can you can have some. Um, some not assurances so much as but just sort of a baseline as to you know what to expect there are laws that govern that there are con- contractual relationships that govern that so yeah so we help people to incorporate so that they you know are, are out there in the right format act, acting in the industry okay uh, what do you know about uh, a benefit corporation benefit B- corporation. B Corp yeah I, I know um, enough to, to like them and they're brand new uh, and they're not, in fact, um, recognized in every state. Right. <clears throat> but in a, in a general corporate situation, 
the, the corporate officers have a, a, what's called a fiduciary duty, which is a duty sort of above and beyond their own personal interests to um, other people. And in the case of a corporate situation, the directors and officers have a duty to the shareholders uh, to maximize profit. And you know that's what companies do. They go out and make profit, and there's nothing wrong with that in the abstract. But what happens is so, sometimes there are things that could and maybe should be done from an environmental standpoint, right. an ethical standpoint, um, that might would not create the maximum amount of profit, but creates a profit and can also do some good in the world or, or, or rectify some of the bad. And so because directors and officers in a regular corporation are bound to the bottom line, right? Uh, they sometimes can't pursue these goals that most people would say are laudable. So what a benefit corporation, to your credit, I mean to your um, question does, is it says, no, no, there are additional factors that um, officers and directors must consider in addition to the bottom line, it doesn't mean they can just throw the bottom line away. And you know, there are nonprofit corporations that, that that deal with not making a profit, but it says that they are allowed and even you know encouraged or even authorized to to take environmental, ethical, some of these other considerations into corporate decision making. So I think they're great. Uh, they're new. We'll see how they roll out and how they how they interact with the with the regular business world, and that'll take years of people trying out new things and litigation and contracts and all the things that happen with law. But I think it's a great uh, evolution of the law for sure. Well, and that's what the, that's what all my coaching is about. Really, the triple bottom line: people, planet, and profit. That's, that's the B Corporation. That's wonderful, I love it. And that's every bit of my coaching is is geared towards that and allowing people to, because um, the B Corporation actually protects your mission statement, right? From you know, and also protects the investor that wants to invest in a, a sustainable living company that right. takes care of the people helps the planet and provides some profit also. Right. So yeah, that's uh, that's my been my motto for the last several years now. So it's, it's a great motto. Yeah. You're, you're you're preaching the the double good word, hemp and, and, and B Corp. So I think that's that's, 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 it. that's doing all kinds of good, Freddie. I appreciate you. Yeah. So um, what else can you help the the industrial hemp in uh, movement, I should say, not an industry because it supplies industry with the raw materials right so the industrial hemp movement you know I think the the movement so far is on a pretty good footing you know we've got uh, the 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 new hemp bill which I think you know at this point we're talking on July 6th we're hoping will be passed Um, we have the the Farm Act which was passed by the House but without hemp provisions and then by the Senate with very positive and, and, and robust hemp provisions and we're hoping that when they reconcile and send that bill to be signed by the president, that it will contain those hemp provisions. So I think that's all great. As far as, as what I think can help, I think we, as an industry, need to stay on top of our, our elected representatives and officials to let them know that this is important. And, and hemp has any number of, as we all know, anyone who's listening to this and has any knowledge of hemp, has so many different um, things that it can participate in. It can, from paper to to you know, synthetics, to um, to health and nutrition, to construction. I mean, it's just a wonder plant, and I truly yes. believe in it. Um, obviously, a lot of the industry. I've seen pie charts showing as much as two thirds of the industry are kind of focused right now on health with with cannabinoid research, and I think that's enormously important. And I think we need to make sure again that our elected officials understand that, and that it's important to us as a group, and also to be watching very closely and to comment when necessary when the FDA. Um, makes inroads into it. The FDA is not um, has a very good and positive mission, and that is to keep us safe. Um, but we all know that, that hemp 
is a very very safe is one of the safest you know plants on the planet you know yep. and so we need to make sure that while the FDA does its its proper work in in you know sort of regulating um, drugs that go out that, that have some part of the plant we also need to make sure that the FDA um, you know leaves its hands off of, of of the natural extracts and products that can come um, that that we all you know take make sure they're safe and don't contain pesticides or molds or heavy metals but as far as the compounds in them that, that people have broad access to them awesome so um, is there anything else that you would like to bring to the table here and kind of I don't know warn people or uh, have people be aware of uh, and you know just Doing business in general. Yeah, doing business in general. Well, they th- they say good good um, fences make good neighbors is an old saying. The idea being that when everyone knows their boundaries, then you can relax and and chat with a neighbor about the weather and everything else. But if there's not a fence there, then um, you know then everyone's kind of wondering. Well, what does he think the boundary is? What does she think the boundary is? And you're always kind of worried, and and things can get muddy and and blow up blow up really fast. Well, the way that applies to law is that you know you need a good contract you need a good operating agreement with your LLC um, you need um, to know the law at least um, on a, you know from a mechanical application standpoint as to how to how to have your farm or your processing facility or your retail stores be compliant all of these things are important and and lawyers are are much maligned and understandably so in, in many respects but lawyers are there to form a function we really want our clients to to have these good fences that allow them to be good neighbors and, and operate in a community where they can um, derive the most value. And so a, a good solid contract is fantastic. So make yeah. sure you have all these types of formalities in place. Awesome. Awesome. So any last words for our audience out here? Uh, I would just say keep at it. You know, the industry is growing. Everyone who's listening to this right now is a pioneer and these are these are the times where, where, where the industry is being created. So put your best energy into it and make it happen. All right. Well, Rod, thank you very much for being a guest on the IHAMP Revolution podcast and also a supporter of the IHAMP Revolution Roadshow, which I'm on. Yeah, I appreciate you, Coach Brady. So thanks a lot. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host. Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.